Hi, I'm Ali. And I'm Penny. And you're listening to Not Too Busy to Write. The podcast about writing, publishing and creativity amongst life's many other demands. Today, we're going to talk about something that actually was a question that came to me on Instagram. And I thought it was a really, um, it's a really good one for an episode. How can we get started on a big creative project? How do we get going on one? And I think that is such a good question because books particularly are big projects, really big projects. Um, And so how do we get going? Because once we are in a rhythm, it can be a little bit easier to, to be getting on with it. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to talk about some of the practical, very, very practical aspects of starting a creative project, but also um, the kind of creative thinking that goes into starting a new project as well. I think that sounds brilliant. Um, both of us are at the stage of starting new projects as well. So we're quite um, heavy in the process and trying to um maximize the process as well to make sure that it's as successful as possible so yeah it's a really good thing to talk about yeah I feel like so where I'm at at the moment is I've I've just finished fully finished signed off on the final version of my next proposal Um, and I'm also restarting my fiction project that I started last year which I wrote about 25,000 words on and of which I'm completely starting again. Although not starting again from a creative point of view because actually I've got my characters, but I'm actually going to completely change the project. So what I have is my characters and I'm starting again. So I do really on that project feel like I am completely starting from scratch in some ways, even though I've given so much thought and done so much work on it already. Um, that's a bit daunting. And the interesting thing is when I finished my proposal the other day and I sent it off to my agent, like, I'm right, I think that's the final version. I think I'm, I think it's ready. Um, I had this feeling in my chest of, oh my, oh my God, if this gets bored, I have to write this book. (laughs) And of course that's what I want, but it's still, even though I've done it before now, there's still that little moment of like, oh my God, what have I done? I have to write that book. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think that's quite natural, though. When I sent off um, the proposal for my book that's out next year for the last days, I didn't sleep for a good few nights because I kept waking up and thinking, I've committed to this shit, I've committed to this. And then I thought, well, it's fine, because I didn't have an agent at that time. And I thought, well, it's fine, because no one wants it. So that's okay. I don't actually have to show anyone this I don't have to be known for writing this I can still change my mind um and obviously my thinking around that completely changed and I'm really pleased that I have written it and I'm exceptionally excited um to be able to talk properly about it and for it to be a real physical object but I think that that's completely natural to just kind of get that bottom of the stomach lurch of oh my god what have I done what have I done um so um we've got I think we're going to do whole episodes on exactly what you just talked about, the whole kind of finishing a proposal and getting an agent, which we will come back to. But today we're just going to talk about actually getting started on a new creative project. So um, even if it's just as simple as a new short story or something bigger, like you're working on a new novel or you're working on a, a you're decided to put a proposal together for a nonfiction book. Um, so from a really practical point of view, um, the first thing to do is to make that goal very specific really really specific um I don't think it's a really great idea to start off by saying I'm going to start writing 
I'm going to start writing something every day. I think it can really help to make it specific. Um, I'm going to write a blog post every week. I'm going to finish a short story by this date. Or I'm going to finish a novel, a first draft of the novel, in one year or in 18 months. And I think making it really, really specific is going to be the key to you being able to kind of commit time to that project. When it's quite a woolly idea or a kind of vague project, it can be really hard, especially when you've got lots of different demands on you. If you've got kids, if you've got quite intense paid work, um, if you've got lots of other commitments that you that you have, um, unless you're willing to kind of ring fence that time, um, life just has a way of taking that time away from you. Mm. Uh, and so the first step can be about making it specific so you can break it down into smaller chunks. I think that's really important. And I think that comes back to something we were talking about privately um, with friends the other day when we we're talking about how you talk about your goals. Um, mm-hmm. And I said that I my pet peeve is when people um, talk about publishing a book, particularly if they have the book in their hands and they say, this has been a dream of mine. And I know that for some people that is language that they feel comfortable using. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. like it. Yeah, me um, too. I think it was never a dream of mine to write a book. It was an ambition. And I think as soon as you turn something into an ambition, you give yourself permission and it becomes more likely. I think if we talk about things in these kind of nebulous terms, then you're probably less likely to actually do it or achieve it. I think that's so true. And this is, and we were having this conversation with a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours, Holly June Smith, who is a a coach. And, and she was saying, she also recommends to her clients that she, they don't use the word dream and they use words like ambition and goal. And that's interesting because I'd never articulated that before with anyone, um, but I never use the word dream when it comes to work. Mm-hmm. I use the word dream around some fantasy holiday I might want to have one day in the far yeah. off distant future or retirement plans, <laughs> but <laughs> oh, like that's um, a not, but not work, you know, like yeah. not, not work. Um, for me, it's about having goals and ambitions like you say Mm -hmm. and I think um it all feeds into this idea of it has to be specific Mm -hmm. for you to actually break it down and do it Um, and so start with the specific my obviously in the in recent months my specific thing was get this proposal finished Um, and I gave myself um, some deadlines to do that and obviously because the world being the way it is I have to I've had to shift those deadlines a little bit but that's fine but I knew what my initial goals were um, then I think when so when you know what that goal is um, whether that's to write a whole novel or just to write your first story first short story that you've written in a really long time um, then you can actually break it down as chunks you can write a first draft of a novel in a year writing 200 words a day and when you say it like that it actually doesn't sound that bad does it (laughs) well it's nothing that's like what paragraph yeah it's paragraph you can write a paragraph a day and have a draft in a year if you stuck with it absolutely and it's not always how it works no of course it doesn't Um, work way. but it does help mentally yes to have in your mind that it can be as simple as breaking it down like that it's, I think it works out also around sort of, you know, 1500 words a week. So if you decided, okay, on Saturdays, I write. And if you could write 1500 words every Saturday, 
um, and you would meet the word requirements for a novel in a year, which um, I think really, really helps to make it a much more achievable thing and, um, and take it out of the world of dreaming and into mm -hmm. the worlds of goals and ambitions. Yeah, I think it definitely does. Um, I mean, I, I couldn't write 200 words a day because once I sit down to write, I write quite a lot. <laughs> yes, um, of course. <laughs> I think, well, there's that thing of you can still do something, a project like that in a year, um, either short bursts or you can do a lot of thinking because um, I always say that a book is a little bit like an iceberg. Um, the mm. book's the top and the work that's required is is underneath the water there's so much else there's so much um thinking and obsessing and research and planning and structuring and technical work that goes on and rewriting as well um but yeah it's it's all achievable but I think as soon as you make things tangible and as soon mm. as you make things measurable they're much more likely to happen yeah absolutely so then once you know what you're going to do and you've made a plan for it, the next thing to do is to make a far less optimistic plan. Because <laughs> I think sometimes when we make plans, we forget sometimes about the Christmas holidays and about the summer holidays and not being able to get quite as much work done. And we forget that we get sick and we forget mm -hmm. that people in our household get sick and we just forget about all of those other things. And so then it can be quite sensible at that point, once you've broken down your goal, to break it down a little bit further and mm -hmm. give yourself a bit more time and be a little bit less ambitious. Um, and then after that, what I find really, really helps me um, is to create appointments with myself to actually then do that work. And so I, I use time blocking. I don't know if you use anything similar. I know you haven't been because you've, you know, well, time has been, you know, when, <laughs> so, yeah, not non-existent for the last um, yeah. When I was, because obviously I'm working slightly differently just now, um, partly pandemic and partly because I've been rewriting and editing um when I was really deep in the kind of first draft of the manuscript I would set myself deadlines word mm -hmm. count well not so much deadlines I would set myself word counts um and I had a spreadsheet where I would put them in and I liked yeah. to kind of see so I would have the cumulative count as well so that at the end of every day I would put it in and um that to me was I suppose my appointments with myself but that I was doing this kind of this is how much I have to hit did did you have a yeah did you have a daily word count when you were writing mm -hmm. the first draft mm. yeah what was it out of curiosity well it was optimistic um I had daily word count 3500 <gasps> so yeah that's very high but then I know you write fast it was very high. Um, I would basically, because I was working um, in the evenings and in nap times, and so I would mm. spend the whole time that wasn't evenings or nap times thinking about the book. Yeah. Um, so that when I sat down at the laptop, it was literally just writing it. And, um, and it wasn't good quality first draft, and I had to overcome my desire to have a really good... Mm good strong quality but yeah it was but it gave you what you needed which was it the gave first me draft what you needed because mm. if you don't have the first draft you've got nothing to work with mm. you, it's still stuck in your head and you just have to get over the hurdle of the first draft is going to be the gorgeous draft it's not 
so yeah I think you made a really important point as well when you were saying that you worked in nap times and you worked in the evening so you had your allotted times that you worked Mm -hmm. and I think that can be really really helpful and whether or not you can do that every day or whether or not you can only do that two or three times during the week or just once a week or whenever that time slot is but if that is a regular time slot when this happens Mm -hmm. I write Yeah. Um, when these conditions are met, then I write. Um, I think that can be really, really helpful. And that's part of making those appointments with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, the word count thing, I think it helps so much. I didn't have a daily workout when I was writing um, Tender. What I had, though, was um, this brilliant thing online, which I loved, called Pacemaker. And it's a free online app where you go in and you set your goal for the overall the overall book in there. So I put in 70,000 words. I think it ended up being 80, but 70,000 words and, um, and my deadline, my final deadline. And, uh, and then it showed me how much I needed to be writing each day, but I didn't write every single day because I was doing interviews and research. And also I wasn't always able to work on the days where I had the children with me on the weekends and things. And, um, and so I'd adjusted it. But what I did was every time I sat down and wrote, I would plug in the numbers and it would readjust Mm-hmm. And so I would follow and I had a really amazing visual timeline of me cracking through the project and I'd written 20%, 20% of the book and I've written 40% of the book and I've written 55% of the book. And it was just so fun to have that mm-hmm. visual kind of collection of it and setting up something like that. So whether you used Excel spreadsheet to do something similar, did you? Yeah, I just did it as a spreadsheet. But I think anything that shows you your progress, because when you're working, you're not working with someone else. So you don't have someone going, oh, well done, you've done this. But if you can see how you're kind of making your way through this, and it seems less... um, Insurmountable as well. Yeah, definitely. The other other method that I really like that I didn't use, but I would be really tempted to use next time was um there's a, it's a method that um that I was shown by um Claire Seal who actually writes about finance and it's about mm-hmm. money but you can do it for word counts as well she has basically a grid of a hundred and they're just little squares and you get colored pencils and every time you do in her case paid off one percent of her debt she colored in a square but what you could do is you could say okay I'm going to write a hundred thousand words so one percent of a hundred thousand is 1,000 and every time I do a thousand words I color in a square Mm. and then you can visually go through and eventually what you'll get is a full you'll color in all of the squares in the grid which I think is another really satisfying visual way of yeah of um of working through a project yeah I really love that idea I might do that for the next one I also think it's really important and this is just like completely materialistic but I think sometimes um to have milestones and when you hit the milestones to give yourself a reward <gasps> yes because I'm totally, yeah <laughs> I think that the achievement of writing a full manuscript is feels really great but writing quarter of it yeah. also feels really good so I got myself little things at each point and by little things I meant a book basically I would get myself a new book be like right yeah I've done 25,000 words okay that deserves x yeah Yeah. oh that's such a nice idea and I think it works for other kinds of writing projects as well um I started my newsletter at the beginning of 2020 I'm proud to say that I gave myself a really low bar goal only every other week um rather than every single week and I'm really glad I did that because of the pandemic and everything that happened and having to work with the kids at home and all that stuff. I'm glad I didn't give myself too high a goal. Um, and I have not missed a single one. 
and it's been well over a year now. And so even if you're talking about a, like a the kind of writing, like writing a newsletter or writing blog posts or um, pitching articles, one of your goals might be to pitch an article um, to a newspaper or magazine every single week or for a month or something like that. So whatever those goals are, um, give yourself stickers if you have to even. I know a lot of writers do this. They literally have a calendar on the wall and every day that they write and meet their word count, they give themselves a sticker, an actual physical sticker. And you could do it in your, your paper diary if you have one um, or you could uh, do a, like a, a give yourself like a, a visual, like a GIF or something on your electronic diary on your phone. Whatever helps you meet your goals <laughs> um, I didn't do that for my newsletter I could have I could have done that I could have given myself a sticker every time I did but um it is it's something incredibly satisfying about having met that kind of goal where you're kind of where you're meeting the consistency that you asked yourself to yeah do. um one of the other things that's um that came up in this question actually was you know how do we, when we're starting a new project, how do we create some accountability for ourselves if we don't have anybody waiting for it? So if you're writing a novel, obviously um, no one's waiting for that. That's something you'll have to complete before you, you sell it. Um, and even when I was starting writing this book proposal, um, you know, I, I haven't sold that yet. Obviously I'm, I hope I will sell it and then someone will be waiting for that book. But until it gets bought, nobody's waiting for it. So how do you create that accountability if you know you're the kind of person that thrives on accountability. Um, and I, I think I have to say for us, you know, we've had this writers group for the past year and that's been mm. incredible because we show up every month and we want to read each other's work and we want to produce work because we want to be part of the conversation. And so that has been incredible for keeping accountable from mm -hmm. a creative project point of view. Wouldn't you say? I think it's really been incredibly useful from developing something point of view and also just kind of from getting feedback as well and being able to yeah. talk about what you're trying to achieve or what you're doing with your work I think um there's obviously people are motivated um in different ways so people are either motivated intrinsically or extrinsically mm. um and I tend to be motivated quite intrinsically mm. I if I don't achieve something like it's actually quite weird so if I set like a something on my phone say to tell me to do something and it it rung and told me what to do I would be like why is that phone telling me what to do and I get really <laughs> even though it was me who'd set it I get really annoyed by it I really don't yeah. like being told what to do it just really winds me up um so I I don't gel well with kind of these external mm -hmm. ways of making you do something the writers group is brilliant and I love it and I love it for a lot of reasons but I would do what I'm doing anyway because if I don't I will be really mean to myself I'll shit talk <sighs> myself really badly um so I think I'm just like intrinsically motivated to get things finished and my wee spreadsheet is really enough just seeing the numbers yeah. going up because I'm really motivated um by numbers <laughs> I don't know why it just it's just how my brain works yeah so for me it's that's enough yeah for my accountability is the 
the kind of just needing to know for myself that I've done it um, yeah. yeah yeah I am both I think weirdly I think I'm mm. both I think it's really helped accountability really helps me for um less specific goals for instance working on this fiction project which does feel like a bigger less directed goal um and so for me the the our writing group has been amazing for that accountability for that to keep persevering mm-hmm. on something that could easily be left behind because I've got so much other writing to do yeah um but we are going to do a whole episode on writers groups because we've had lots of questions about them mm-hmm. and I know lots of people yeah. are curious about them so we will come back to that but in terms of accountability it can be great having writer friends and actually the other thing that was really good that we did during NaNoWriMo which I'll talk about a bit more in a second I guess we set up a WhatsApp group just messaging out each other our word counts every day that yeah was amazing that's not even going into the realm of writers groups it's literally just having other writer friends on whatsapp in a little group where you just keep messing each messaging each other with your word counts that day and mm-hmm. it is really motivating to it see is. your friends working it's mm-hmm. really motivating um so i would highly recommend that um and in terms of if you don't have writer friends, I mean, that's what Instagram is for, is for finding writer friends. Yeah. <laughs> that's I think. Well, that's how we got our group. How, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I thought that the, just even kind of seeing the word count reminded me that some days when I was editing, um, it was, oh, crap, what have I actually written or what have yeah. I done? And then kind of going away and thinking, well, yeah, just to keep up as well a bit of competition goes a long way I think yeah yeah it was just incredible to see um you know just being aware of people constantly plugging away at a project Mm -hmm. just like you are it's just it's comforting somehow yeah um and it feels um it feels like you're in community with other people who are plugging away at other quite hard things too (laughs) which I really like I think it's for me it's the community more than the accountability I think yeah. it's it, that kind of having because I always think and I said that to you the other day that a book gets talked out as much as it gets written yes. out sometimes you hit a problem and you need to kind of coax it out with other people yeah um, and so just to have that is just brilliant and to know as well that other people are going through the same thing that other people are going oh my goodness I don't know if this is very good but then they share it and we're going well that's brilliant um yeah so it's it's really really helpful to have Mm. and and on that note um challenges like NaNoWriMo can be quite helpful for people when they want to start a creative project Mm. and so NaNoWriMo for people who don't know is National Novel Writing Month and you don't obviously it happens every November you don't have to do it in November. You could set your own goal. But the thing that's quite great about NaNoWriMo is that there is basically thousands of people doing it at the same time as you. And that's what helps motivate people to get through the month. And the idea is you write 60,000 words in a month, 50,000 words, 50,000 words in a month. I don't know. I can't remember. I anyway, know, I have I... not ever set myself that goal. I did last month, last November, set myself a goal of 20,000 words, I think. So which is much more than I would usually write on a fiction thing in one mm-hmm. month um so I did like a mini version of it I guess um, and it was quite fun to know that loads of people doing it at the same time and loads of people are you know 
uh, tweeting about it and putting different posts about it. And it's like there is a real sense of community around it. And those kind of projects can be a great way of um, kickstarting you on a project as well. I think it's the the beginning is always the hardest, isn't it? Yeah. When something's new um, and overcoming just how big it can seem and mm. how um, ugly it can seem or how difficult it can seem to bring all these ideas that you have and coalesce them into yeah, it's something. like the ideas are all just floating around above your head <laughs> and it's about and the sitting down to actually write the thing it's like having to pull on all the little strings and pull them down like they're all a bunch of helium mm -hmm. balloons coming out of your head and you have to just draw them down and figure out which order they go in and how they all fit together yeah um and that can be a bit overwhelming not just when you start a project but like me because I took a few months break from the fiction thing I was working from on because I was writing something else and then now I'm going to restart it and I'm going to restart it from scratch um, and it's daunting restarting a project that you haven't looked at for four months three or four months is is quite daunting um, and so for me the the things of what we talked about today that I'm going to use is first of all the accountability of our writers group <laughs> is going to help talking to my writers friends to get me motivated again um, they're the two big main things for me but also making a really specific plan for how I'm going to do it because I do have lots of other things I'm doing at the moment mm. um, and I am writing other things at the moment so making time in my actual week for when I'm specifically going to be working on this fiction thing um, so that they're all so whether or not you're starting a project completely from scratch or you're trying to jump start it again after a break like I am I think these are all things that can be quite helpful. Mm -hmm. I've been, I've gone back to something that I was working on um, last summer when I was waiting for the book to sell. Um, and, but that in truth, I've not really been working on since last summer. I think it's been three or four years that it's been mm. simmering. So I'm a big believer in that books do take a long time yes because I think it takes a long time to get to it might not take a long time to write the draft and it might not take a long time to you know there's certain times where that time kind of collapses but I mm -hmm. think that the thinking behind a book takes a long time it takes a long time to work out what form the book takes yeah. and what the book is for and what it's going to do in the world as well so that actually takes a long time and that's kind of when I'm thinking about starting a project I realize that quite often I'm not starting it I've started it a long time ago yeah and I've been thinking about it I've been kind of that scratching that you spoke about before that I've been scratching away at the surface of the idea mm -hmm. and um subconsciously working on it and I'm a big believer in the subconscious I think it is absolutely incredible and I don't really have a clue how it works and I'd love to know more <laughs> about how our brains work um but yeah there's there's a lot of kind of um backroom stuff that goes yes. on when you're starting a book and much like you I so I was kind of in this idea and then the last day sold and obviously I've been rewriting it and very heavy in edits and doing things with it and that's about to get a little bit lighter for a bit of time um so I've gone back to this because it was kind of it was shouting at me too much and so I needed to go right what the hell is this and um 
yeah and so I think what I take from that is that you need to give a project time you need to give it time before you can actually get to the stage that you're able to work on it or the stage that you're able to actually begin to articulate it yeah um so for me the kind of I suppose the kind of advice that I would give and obviously different things work for different people this is very much specific to me um but for a project give it time and give it space as well just kind of give it the air that's needed um and walk around it take a look at it from all different angles because it might not be the form that you think it is you might think it's fiction and it might not be fiction you know there's there's so many different ways that you can present a project where you think the beginning might be that might not be the beginning because obviously plot tends to be linear but the way that you're working your way into a story doesn't necessarily need to be presented in the same kind of time frame or the same time scale so there's there's so many different ways that you need to consider um and I think it's really important to get that out the way before you start the project Mm. I don't um I don't believe at all in sitting down to write and I don't know if that's yeah just just, yeah uh, yeah I agree actually because I use um this might be an interesting uh, episode that we could we could do just talking about different methods that we use for sitting down used sitting down to write but I actually um in terms of this fiction project I've been using a book called Story Genius by Lisa Cron and it's specific ways into the story that make sure you're getting to the heart of the core story you're trying to tell not getting mm-hmm. distracted by the actual plot itself um, and so uh it's about uncovering and excavating um, and doing that via your character your protagonist so that you know exactly what it is that the story you're trying to tell and you don't just get caught up um, writing a series of events essentially Mm -hmm. Um, and it's a lot of it is is um, is questioning yourself and questioning um, what it is that you're trying to say and it's not about sitting down and writing 500 words every day or whatever it is it's about um, actually digging in to um the answers instead first before you get um cracking with the writing yeah there's so many questions that you have to ask of the work as well um one big one that I always think is what's it for what is this book going to achieve in the world which also means that then you're writing a book for something and it it is um impossible to get away from the idea of the market you just can't get away from the idea that if you want to write a book you also have to think about if you want to sell the book um so before I start a project I think um what books does this sit alongside Mm -hmm. yeah who am I on a shelf with what's the context um and who is your reader Yes, and also um, who's the reader? I tend to think a little bit less about the reader and more about the kind of overall market. But I think that you have to think about that at some stage. And then I think you have to also completely stop thinking about it Yeah, as well, because otherwise you're just going to second guess yourself the whole Mm. way through a project. And it's just going to end up being a little bit shit because you're going to just try and write by numbers as well. Mm. So I think there's that balance of thinking, right, well, what kind of book is this? What genre is it? Where does it sit? What am I trying to achieve? As well as planning what the book looks like, you know, the, the 
overall story and the way that you're going to tell that yeah. story um and then you have to kind of just let that go so that you can write the book when you're writing yeah. the book just try and forget about the kind of the leg room that you've put into it or sorry the leg work because yeah I think you've you've done that work and then when you're writing the book um or the manuscript you really want to be thinking about the sentence level and the prose and the and the reader I think that's when you think about the reader mm. is when you're putting the words down on the page um that's probably interesting yeah I, I mean it's really that will be interesting when I've gone further and have completed a draft of a fiction project it'll be really interesting to look back and think how that process was for me for writing non-fiction and now having written my second proposal it is well first of all the most 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 important question um I think when you're writing non-fiction proposals as well is what's the point yeah, um, and you have to be very clear on what your point mm -hmm. is. But also I kept my reader in mind the whole time I was writing that proposal because um, I kept coming back to, well, why does my reader care about this? Why yeah, and that's a really big one. This? Why, does, why does my reader care if I talk about that and not this? Why should I include this thing? Oh, because my reader will actually really care about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, completely. And so, but I think... Yeah. Yeah, I think that when you're doing that, yeah, you, you need to do that because otherwise, you know, you're not writing a book for yourself. You write a book for somebody else. Yes, um, yeah, so that's what you've got to be thinking about at proposal stage. And then it kind of shifts. Mm. Um, so when you're writing the proposal, yes, you know, who's it for? What's it for? How will it act on the world? What is this book intended to do? Particularly when it's nonfiction. But I think fiction needs to do Well, I think fiction needs to do that as well. Time. Yeah, exactly. In fact, there's, yeah. there's just not, there's not much difference really between the two. Um, but then when you're writing the book for me it becomes and I am indebted to my editor for this because she's absolutely fantastic and the way in which she changed my writing was she said to me where is the reader mm. who is the reader so I think at proposal stage it's who's the reader mm. and how mm -hmm. are we taking them through this journey of ideas that yeah. essentially the book is and then when your words on the page it's where is the reader and how am I moving them around the scene? Am I keeping them? Yes, particularly in narrative writing. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. my big thing was because I was writing something so personal, I had, uh, I say had like it's past tense, I have still <laughs> a tendency to try and push the reader away a little bit yeah, so that I'm kind of like, I'll tell you this, but I won't tell you that. Um, and I had to collapse that distance between what I was prepared mm. to, to let them see or let them into. So yeah, my the way that my editor achieved that was by saying to me, where's your reader? Is the reader on your shoulder? Are they right next to you or are they away from you? And now when I'm writing I see it almost like a camera lens when you're zooming in yeah. and you're zooming out yeah it's like where's the eye where's their eye mm -hmm. where are they what are they looking at and that was um brilliant advice really yeah no advice. I love that analogy I like the way she described that that's so helpful it's really really helpful so we've covered quite a lot from the practical to the more cerebral um I think yes 
getting started is hard. It's not easy. So I would say the probably the number one thing to do is make it as easy as possible. Yes. Just and make it as easy as possible. Absolutely. Um, make it as easy as you can. Break it down mm. because otherwise it's just too daunting because it's a lot of words. Um, but it's not really that many words either when you when start you break breaking it down, it down which yeah. is these kind of, it's just clever mind tricks. Mm. Um, but I think one thing that I always keep in mind is can you articulate it to yourself Mm. and if you can't articulate the project to yourself then I don't think you're ready properly to begin the project there's different ways of becoming ready to begin there is you can sometimes you might be the kind of thinker that to get ready to begin you just need to get something on the page and then that helps you work it out but if you can't articulate it really succinctly in a few sentences then you need to be able to get that articulation um yeah. so it probably means there's more work needed to yeah. be done I yeah. that's why I love this book Story Genius because that goes into all the questions you ask yourself in order to dig to be able to start writing and yeah. I love that and then that's where one of those that really important question question comes in whether it's fiction or non-fiction or whatever project you're working on what's the point mm-hmm. and when you know what your point is <laughs> that can help you really get started um but yeah. books are if we're talking about just books for a moment they are massive huge things with very particular um structure and um and it, an idea just doesn't become a book you've got to shape mm-hmm. and form it into book form <laughs> and that can take a huge amount of time and that's and you don't necessarily do that although i'm sure some people do by just writing it like just writing forward but um but yeah it can take lots of playing around um with the ideas and digging and digging and digging into that shape um and so yeah it's not always just about meeting the word count completely when I was at uni um we had a reader in residence and a writer in residence and that was really interesting and really important because um the reader in residence would tell us what to read for our Mm. project and the things that could help us um and that was really amazing he changed um how I read and how I write Mm. but the writer in residence was also really invaluable because he was obviously a writer and we were at the stage of wanting to become writers um and so he the piece of advice he gave me once was I was really really stuck and he said to me write your way through it sometimes you've just got to write through it Mm. um and I did and it did really help I think there's a combination I think you have to write through it but I think you also have to know where you're trying to go Mm. yeah so that you kind of that you're writing through something with direction yeah I, I don't really I'm not the kind of person who can sit down and write something that's going anywhere I can sit down and write something that sounds nice Mm. without enough planning but I need the planning to to give me the kind of well plot points the coordinates of what I'm actually doing because a novel's a lot more than just some nice words on a page so it's true (laughs) it's an awful lot more um yeah and also just coming back to the point that you make about purpose I think that purpose is really really important but I think there comes a stage when you have to also leave it 
So if you can articulate the point of the book simply, then that's great. Mm. Don't use what's the point as an excuse to never write the book because I've done that before. I am the kind of person who I can undo things so much that I'll just undo it. Well, what is the point? Oh, well, there's no point because there's bigger things going on because there's something else that someone else will want to read that's more political or more this or more that. So I use that as a way of procrastination, but also a way of not not, doing... That's not what I meant by what's the point. Exactly. My point was, I mean, very specifically, just like in two sentences, tell me what yes. what it is that you're writing about kind of thing. Yeah. What is what is the takeaway? There we go. Maybe it's better to think about what's the reader going to take away from this rather than what's your point? Because, yeah, I see what you mean. I can see how you could <laughs> twist that and turn that into, but there's no point because <laughs> life is shit. <laughs> you could exactly become very nihilistic, couldn't you? Yeah. yeah. Yes, you could turn that into something very nihilistic. <laughs> basically just like revealed the the deepest inner workings of my mind yes there is no point so just just keep it light with the what's the point yeah Yeah. don't go too too far into that yeah (laughs) so whatever whatever it is that you are wanting to start working on whether it's starting to blog or starting to pitch for articles or writing a newsletter or writing a poetry collection or bringing together a collection of short stories or novel or a non-fiction proposal whatever it is it's daunting but once you get it specific and you get your specific goals it's entirely possible and it's also super exciting. It I is love fun. The, you got to ride um, that, that excitement wave, don't you, in the beginning of a project? And oh, you've got it. to, because that's what gets you through is like this, oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. And then you've got, oh, my goodness, this is so difficult. And then you've <laughs> yeah. got like, I know exactly what I'm doing now. And then you only know exactly what you're doing for five minutes or for two days. But then it kind of those periods of knowing where it's going and what you're doing get longer. And then it gets easier and then you get less able to back out of it like you said once you fixed your proposal so it kind of it's 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 a big um I think the start of a project is really quite emotional Mm -hmm. and requires a lot of um talking very positively to yourself of saying Mm. yes I can commit to this yes I can do this yes I will do these little micro deadlines yes I will give myself the time and space to develop this idea I'm also saying it's okay I am going fast enough some Mm -hmm. yes this um, is true and being being very kind to ourselves when we uh-huh. can't meet our initial perhaps slightly too optimistic plans for finishing yeah. a draft or something because that's life it's going to happen and also humans are really terrible about estimating how long things will take us uh-huh. and so we're very likely to make a mistake about how long we think something will take um and that we can't let that daunt us that happens to all of us it happens yeah. to absolutely all of us um and you just need to all you need to do is readjust. You don't need to stop. You just need to readjust. Yeah. Readjust your timelines, readjust your expectations and readjust your plans a little bit, but don't get put off from starting. Exactly. And I think also being receptive to this idea that, well, it might take a little bit longer. Um, you might need to do more research. You might need to do more of the thinking. Mm. Um, you might 
write a proposal and realize that that's not what you're proposing at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there's so much that all these variables and, and kind of having a realistic workable plan, but also incorporating these kind of more flexible and fluctuating yeah. things because, um, yeah, it, it's an artistic project and they don't always conform to what you think they will. And no. yeah, so yeah. Don't forget just, to celebrate. Yes, just be nice to yourself. Celebrate little milestones. Ah, so um, what have you been uh, reading this week? Um, I have been reading a book that has been an absolute pleasure and a difficult pleasure to read, but an absolutely extraordinary book. Um, it's called Heavy Light by Horatio Clare, and oh, it yes. is... Um, a really really wonderful book it's a wee bit difficult to talk about because I think it's one of the most intimate books I've read it's a portrayal of um, Claire's um, manic undoing his um, his breakdown or unraveling um, and what he does is he takes the reader and I'm talking of where is the reader, actually. This is a book that shows you exactly how you move a reader around the mm. text. It is a brilliant book, but it is actually a brilliantly structured book. I think if you want to learn how to write nonfiction, mm. you don't need to look much further than here. So in the first maybe quarter of the book, he places you completely inside the manic experience, totally inside it. There isn't um, much cushioning of, I thought this, or I imagined this. It is presented to you as real and what's mm. happening, which is exceptionally powerful. It was mm. such a powerful way of presenting it because at times also, and I I hope that this isn't, um, being too presumptuous but at times it's really really funny mm. um what's happening is quite amusing so you think well that it's just so far removed from daily reality that it's it takes you along and it's quite funny and then as the manic experience starts to escalate so does your disquiet as the reader because you're going no 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 this isn't funny this is awful and you start to realize that here is an exceptionally vulnerable man whose family and friends realize that he's vulnerable who are trying to get the care that he needs and despite the fact that he's really really vulnerable he's also exceptionally articulate so mm. when he comes into contact with care providers he manages to convince them that he is um more well than he is and it's a brilliant piece of writing a brilliant piece of storytelling um I also really resonate with it because when I was a teenager I was exceptionally ill um and my mother wanted me to be admitted um into a care facility so that I didn't starve myself to death but however I managed to convince doctors nurses everyone who I came into contact with that I was really well and I was you know and they knew I wasn't well because they just needed to weigh me to be told that I wasn't but I managed to talk my way out of a lot yeah. of 
very complicated situations and the same is happening in this book so I could really um really kind of understood what was happening but now that I'm an adult I can understand the perspective of both um, narrator and family um and it was so just so brilliantly clever um and then we are placed in a um placed alongside Claire in an inpatient um facility and we see um the difficulty and the care and Mm. what's happening there and then when he is released he also when he's there he starts to consider that um the drugs that he's been placed on aren't necessarily the best care so the kind of the last third of the book becomes about what can be done about Britain's mental health crisis um and the different compassionate ways that we could start thinking about how to treat people oh that's and care really for interesting because I was going to say does it um, get into that about um about the systems and what could change absolutely yeah so it it becomes a really kind of it's not I wouldn't say it's not overtly political but it becomes a book of ideas about how you can better treat people and how we can create um better communities and societies to support people as well so yeah I would thoroughly recommend it it's also one of the most compassionate books Mm. I've read there's a real um warmth to people um people of all types um yeah it's it's a it's a really really beautiful book I thoroughly recommend it it's very very good that sounds that sounds amazing I'll definitely be looking that one up um yeah I think it would also work for your work I'm partly reading it from yeah well was partly reading it from um a research perspective but just absolutely adore it and think that it is uh yeah it's a very very good book so what have you been reading well I listened to um Mrs Death Mrs Death by Selena Godden which Ilona Bannister recommended on the podcast a few weeks ago ah it is so good it is so good it's quite hard to describe it's a really unusual it's a novel um, but Selena Godden is a poet and mm. it's it's quite it's an, quite an unusual structure but, but don't let that put you off if you don't usually enjoy unusually structured uh, novels if anyone's a thing that is like oh no I don't want to do anything to um you know different <laughs> it's really incredible it's um it's it's about Mrs. Death, who is um, who is Death, and she is a, um, a middle aged black woman because that's the most invisible person in our society, and <laughs> um, Death needs to be invisible. Um, and it's about the story of a poet called Wolf who starts seeing Mrs. Death and start having 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 conversations with her, and starts essentially writing her memoir. Mrs. Death's memoir, essentially. Um, but it's a really unusual structure because it goes between the perspective of Mrs. Death and of Wolf, this poet, but also even at times you hear, and this is going to sound like completely mad, but you, you hear there's a few sections that are even written from the perspective of the writing desk. Um, oh, wow. Which is, it's so unusual. 
Um, so it jumps around from perspective quite a lot. And also I, I listened on audio and Selena Godden is a, is a poet and she's used to reading um, mm -hmm. performance poetry and she is an incredible reader. I would highly recommend you listen. But now I'm so curious. I want to look at what it looks like on the page because at times it feels like you are in poetry, even though mm. it's um, narrative um, fiction, it does feel incredibly poetic at times. And actually I now really am curious and I want to go look at the physical book and see whether it changes and the format changes because I'm not quite sure having listened to it, but it is just incredible. It's so again, like what the book you were describing, it's almost um, at times you're wondering whether the poet is having, um, is in, is, is having a breakdown. And that this is actually maybe the result of a breakdown, mm. um, <laughs> whether it's real or not. And even the poet starts questioning herself whether it was real or not. But there's just so many incredible, beautiful, insightful moments. Um, and it's just the most incredible thing to listen to with such an incredible mm. well. I would highly recommend it. I've heard so many people say good things about it. And it's it's been on my list. It's just... Um trying to work through the ever-increasing book files. I know, I know, and even worse, so, so as we're recording this, the Women's Prize long list was, was um, announced a few uh -huh. days ago, and I was looking at it going, oh, God, my list just grew enormous. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I've only read four on that long list so far, and there's 16, and I want to read all of them. So, yeah, it's yeah. really difficult. To yeah, it's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> But um, yeah, I think that, yeah, I don't, I don't know what I think actually, to be honest, I think I've thought enough. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. Well, we will uh, come together again next week for the next episode. Absolutely. Yeah. Good luck with um, starting your new creative project and good luck everyone out there with starting projects and trying to um herd ideas into reasonable shapes and everything that's required all the tenacity and everything else you can do it that's what yeah, I keep reminding myself it's yeah. hard but you can do it <laughs> when um just when my fourth child was born I remember really vividly trying to get used to putting three car seats in the back of the car oh. and there was one day when I was like trying to find the buckle and and do it and it wasn't easy and my wee son he was about four at the time and he looked at me and he said mommy you are good at tricky things oh. and, <laughs> and I've never forgotten that I was telling myself that last week when I had so much I was trying to weave into something and um yeah I thought I'm good at tricky things and even if you might feel like you're very not good at tricky things yeah good at tricky things we can do it we can do it well that's a good note to end on absolutely <laughs> you've been listening to not too busy to write with Ali Miller and Penny Windsor you can find show notes, including the best ways to get in touch with us, as well as any reading recommendations mentioned in the episode at nottoobusytowrite.com. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to subscribe. And please go ahead and leave us a little review. It really helps others to find the podcast. You can find Ali on Instagram at Ali underscore Miller underscore writes and Penny at Penny Windsor. Music and editing is by Ewan Miller McMeekin.